Hey everyone, this is Brittany, Corey's wife, and I have hijacked his podcast this week to talk about something very dear to us. As some of you know, we welcomed our firstborn son into the world a little over two weeks ago. We have decided to record our birth story as we are in a strange time right now with the pandemic of COVID-19. Due to this quarantine, neither our pregnancy, birth, or postpartum has been typical. We recorded this podcast when Ashton was just five days old and emotions were still very raw. We hope you guys will enjoy our little piece of history, and for all other quarantined postpartum moms out there, no, you are not alone. So, we wanted to do a podcast, well, actually you want to do a podcast, talking about the whole experience of having a kid, you actually hear him in the background right now, and now he's quiet. So yeah, so, what, so. You, where'd you want to, where'd you want to start, like right in the beginning? I think we start at the beginning when we first got that positive pregnancy test. Yeah, I that think. was pretty crazy, right? It's hard to think that that journey started back in August, so, you know, over nine months ago. Oh, yeah, wow, August. Yeah, August when it was actually really nice outside. <laughs> for Almost forever, that was like... The first day I worked at the State Fair, so it was... I know yeah. it was a Thursday, I remember. I'll That's never right. forget. Yeah, I remember because you were trying to keep it a secret from Dad. Yep. That was wild. That was like... I remember getting the positive on the test, but still being like, eh. Right, exactly, like same. Like, sit in. Yep. When I when we first got the positive, I know you were more excited. I know I didn't show emotion. I know you. Right. I think you cried, but I remember thinking, okay, so there's a positive test, but there's still so many hurdles before like yeah, right. we could actually say, right, we have a we have a pregnancy. Yeah, keeping it secret for me for that first because we didn't four tell weeks. anybody four weeks. Cause we no, tell, we kept longer. No, uh, because you find out you're pregnant at four weeks, and then we our first appointment was at eight weeks. So it was about a month after we found yeah, out. But still, we didn't tell anybody. We told my mom that day, and then we started telling our family few weeks after that yeah but i couldn't tell like all my closest <laughs> friends and my like like i still was keeping a secret from people and it was eating me alive but, but right, i couldn't yeah, do that right like i remember being like oh my god i couldn't but, even tell but our family knew which is uh, like our parents right you know like and and siblings but still like those yeah. are the important the important things what was like the first trimester like for you god it was so long ago uh at first i remember feeling completely normal when we first you know got the positive test I wasn't sick at all mm-hmm. it was I was completely fine and then I remember we turned actually I remember I remember the exact food that made me sick for the first time it was an ear of corn at the state fair I was <laughs> gonna ask if it was like did you gradually get sick or was it just like a light switch it was it was honestly like a light switch and I didn't even I honestly didn't even know what it was at that moment I just knew I didn't feel good and I didn't know why I just I don't know I didn't I didn't associate it with the pregnancy until, you know, a few days later when, like, it kept happening every time I was, like, trying to eat anything or, like, mm-hmm. you know, just the random waves. And I remember having episodes where I'd sit here on the couch and just grip the arm because you felt like you were gonna I thought I was going to throw up. My whole world was spinning. Which, how, how you didn't throw up and how you just were, like, eh, I just, I breathe, I breathe through. I'm, like, I don't breathe. When I have to throw up, my mouth starts to do that watering thing. I'm just, like, I'm going to throw I up. I hate throwing up. I will do anything I can to yeah. avoid throwing up. That's yeah. You didn't even throw up when, happen. uh... When you were given birth, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I yeah. don't like it. I don't like it. I will avoid it at all costs. But yeah, um, and I think that lasted. The nausea lasted until 
probably about 14 weeks, right? It was probably around Thanksgiving time. I would feel like it lasted until about second trimester, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was about 14 weeks. Yeah, so we got 14, into weeks. the second trimester around Thanksgiving. Is that yeah, what it is? Is my math right? I think so. But I anyways. Remember. I remember being okay enough to eat a Thanksgiving meal. Not that I could, you know, I couldn't gorge on anything. Mm-hmm. Eating too much definitely made me feel sick. But I know I could actually, like, eat real food that wasn't, like, oyster crackers. And you had small amounts, right? Yep. Yeah. So just like your, would your was your diet like radically changed? Um, For some people that don't know, in the first in the first trimester it was because I don't, I I consider myself a pretty healthy eater. Um, well, I was gonna say for I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah right, I'm a vegetarian. Exactly. I don't eat meat. Um, I don't you know gorge on cookies and um, gross food like that. It's not something I've ever really craved mm-hmm. or done. Um, so the first trimester was hard because the only thing I was eating was. Oyster crackers, yeah, <laughs> literally right. oyster crackers the and ginger ale. Yep. Um, and my doctor said it was okay because you know I just had to eat right. something, yeah. but it definitely made me feel more bloated and squishy. And, Did you feel really weak? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily weak. I mean, I was definitely tired because my body was building a baby, so I was exhausted all the time. Right. Anyway, and it does make it hard when you can't tell anybody, you know. Why you're only eating oyster crackers and ginger ale, and <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, why you're so tired all the time? Because it was still a secret to everybody in my life. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't really think my diet changed that much after that, though. And then, uh, so you, but you didn't have any like food cravings your first trimester. I don't think I really had any major food cravings the entire pregnancy. There was not, right. you know, one point that I think I ever said to you, "I really need oh, this I need right something. now." Yeah. yeah, right. And I never like. I didn't do any weird things like cheese on pickles or whatever. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. People do that? Yeah. people. Really? Pregnancy people do weird things. Cheese on pickles. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't think Well, I, I mean, I that. put pickles on my cheeseburgers. Okay. Well, my veggie cheeseburgers. When you put it that way, it makes more sense. But there are weird things that people do. Yeah. Well, I guess it's just like when my mom was pregnant with me, she had always told me she had cravings for uh, SpaghettiOs yeah. all the time. So I guess it just that's just how it is. Yeah. So then you got to the second trimester right yep and then how is that different from the first the second trimester is a little different um you feel you start feeling a little bit more human i guess you can say i could eat more real things uh, people knew at that point so you could openly talk about it it's actually when you're you start to notice your body changes the most um I mean, literally one day the belly just appears <laughs> out of yeah right i remember of, it was like holy cow out of nowhere yeah mm-hmm. yeah i remember before that there were still moments where you were like you would hold your belly and you'd be like there's a baby in there. And then I was like, yeah, but I can't see it. Right, and then yeah, one day was... I was like, holy cow, I actually right. see the baby. That's crazy. And I think that's the moment that the pregnancy becomes really real. Um, for the for the wife. For, ev- for the for, mom. For everybody. Even like you, when my belly, you know, starts mm-hmm. popping, it's not the first time you like, you know, could like look at me and be like, oh shit, I'm going to be a dad. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I remember having like a, holy shit, there's a baby. Probably this, probably like when we got the positive test and during the second trimester but when it all hit home was when you actually gave birth like all yeah. all up until then because i'm not carrying it i'm not like there's a i feel like there's a different kind of attachment, attachment yeah. to the baby you know so the first trimester you didn't feel any changes for you no the first the first trimester was very uh i don't know i just everything was the same for me i was just you know we were going to work the same i was still my diet was fine um i couldn't freaking tell anybody <laughs> that we were pregnant until we made an announcement on facebook um so, I, but it wasn't like, it wasn't for me, I don't think I, I had a hard enough time with it. It was up until when you gave birth was on a, 
when I was like probably had the hardest time with it. But like even like when you felt the baby kick for the first time, that wasn't yeah, like that sinking was, in. Yeah, I don't know. That was cool too, but I don't know. I guess, I guess it's like in the moment, those are like the most intense feelings that you have. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, oh cool, positive pregnancy test. Oh cool, I can start to see a belly on Brittany. Oh wow, this is cool. I, I felt him kick. That's really rad. And then it's like the all craziness of birth, birth that yeah. that happens. But up so. until then, I think I think because birth just happened, it's fresh in your mind. I think up until then, those moments probably were a little bit. Yeah, those those more, were probably yeah. like I probably held those really close, close to my heart. Yeah. Up until what happened. The, right, because the bigger Tuesday. episode. Yeah. Yeah. So bigger. we're doing so in future reference where Ashton was born Tuesday. We're doing this April seventh, twenty twenty. Yep, and then we're doing this podcast April eleventh, twenty twenty, mostly because one, I, I when I you first told me you wanted to do the podcast, I remember saying to you, "Are you sure you want people to know like that much about your body?" And you had a really cool perspective about the whole thing that you can you can put in your own words if you want. I won't paraphrase. Well, it was like you were saying that you wanted to use it more as like a education that's tool. All, yeah, that's right. And yeah. that you wanted to have like. If other people are going through this, especially right now, we're in the middle of a quarantine. Yep. Which has made the pregnancy even crazier yep. for both of us. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't, I don't mind talking about you know what happened to my body and what we went through. I think it's, I think it's good for people to be able to talk about what happens to them. Um, holding things inside doesn't help anybody, and then you know this gives people the opportunity to know that it's okay whatever you're going through to and talk. It's a, yeah, it's like a unique yeah because pers- I definitely when we back when we got pregnant back in August. I didn't think we'd be in the middle of a right, quarantine. Right, exactly. You know? you know, you know, you can't plan for the future. It's hard. You can right. try. Yeah, but that's like, it's very crazy. But yeah, no, so we d- want to do this as like an educational thing and then also to just kind of have a piece for us to remember how everything went. Yeah, to remember, um, you know, our first birth story. Ashton is our first son. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's kind of cool just to be able to verbally have an account and a record of what happened and... We wanted to do it soon after his birth, so we didn't forget any of the details. Because, you know, when your body goes through so much pain, you have brain receptors that kind of shut down, so you kind of forget all of what you went through. So you do it again. Right. right. <laughs> um, but I don't want to forget because everything that happened happens for a reason. Right. So, we talked about uh, second trimester, right? Did yep. you no weird food cravings? Was there anything that would smell that made you like want to oh, get yeah. sick? Your farts. Yeah. <laughs> like violently ill. <laughs> Damn. No, not violently ill, no. But uh, definitely... Just, just throw up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, my sense of smell was definitely heightened. And heightened I, sense of smell. I definitely think that I picked up on smell. I think I picked up on smells more than most people anyway. Um, but I definitely drank... And even actually still now, because I said it too today, mm-hmm. get stop farting in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I feel like it's a dad thing now. I just have to announce my farts everywhere. Oh, God. Terrible. Um, so... But other than that, was there was nothing that, like, yeah, if you second, smelled like bacon, did you get sick? The first time when you first started cooking bacon in the house, I hated right. it. But that was just more so because I hate the smell of bacon. I don't think that had anything to really do with pregnancy. Yeah, you're also not, like, much of a yeah, meat me, person. Right. Me, when I smell bacon, I'm like, mm. Yeah, the smell of cooked bacon and the grease is absolutely disgusting to me, pregnant or not pregnant. Yeah. But you started doing it so much, I think I just got used to it. So it didn't, yeah. I became nose blind to it almost, so it didn't really bother me as much right. anymore. But, yeah, second trimester's... It was, I would say it was easier. You know, you're a little less tired. Um, I don't actually think I was ever that much less tired just because of how much, you know, how active we are between, you know, mm-hmm. work and dance and 
regular life, I don't think, you know, that it really helped <clears throat> any of my tiredness. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, you don't, you don't really have any, you know, like the growing pains stop, you know, your first trimester, your stomach is stretching, your skin is growing mm-hmm. rapidly. Um, I mean, I guess it's growing rapidly in your second trimester too, but it doesn't hurt as bad um, when you just first start expanding. You mean expanding. your third trimester? Nope, second trimester when your body really starts showing. Oh, okay. Your skin's rapidly expanding. Yeah, right, right. It starts to slow because he starts his the baby's starts growing to slow stop. in the third. Yeah, yep. Gotcha. Um, a little bit, but the the growing pains don't hurt as much anymore after the first trimester. Um, Yes, your skin is growing, and your skin does itch a lot when it's growing, but it doesn't... Right, especially if it's stretching so yeah. quick. But other than that, it wasn't like it was anything unbearable. Second trimester was pretty easy. You know, your feet aren't swollen. You can still go about your daily things. You can put your shoes on. You can right. touch your toes. Right. Was there, like, uh, was that the point when you started, like, changing how you were teaching dance and stuff? Well, no. I started changing how I taught dance right at the very beginning, um... I, because I teach acro, so there's lots of limbs flying at me all the time. They're and, doing flips and shit. Right, exactly. So I had to, you know, be more careful of my belly because you don't want any trauma to your belly at any stage in the pregnancy. Yeah, right. Um, That's super important. Yep. You also can't lay on your belly. Mm. It's not good for the baby, so... You but know, you've never really slept on your stomach anyways. No, too. but I mean, when I'm teaching and I'm doing moves on the floor with the girls, right. yeah. I can't be on my belly. So yeah. that was hard because I'd have to do things mm-hmm. and tell them to get down on their belly yeah. and not be able to do it myself without telling them <laughs> why yeah. I could do, couldn't yeah. do that. Um, and then after a while, you couldn't be on your back, so I couldn't be on my back anymore mm-hmm. at the studio. Um, I always had a weight restriction with lifting but most of my girls are pretty self-sufficient even though they were all over the weight restriction i was still able to continue working with them to better themselves because they didn't need me to fully carry their entire body weight so that really didn't change um and i continued to stretch with them up until about the third trimester when when my ligaments started you know really pulling and feeling funny i was i stopped being able to really stretch with my girls because it was well you also had a hard. big old belly yeah and i couldn't reach the ground anymore and right was, <laughs> was there was there a point in the third trimester that you were like, holy shit, this baby's going to happen soon? Um, probably at 36 weeks was the first time that I really had that moment, especially when um, Dr. Bailey, who was our doctor, um, started talking about you know doing a growth sonogram because I was measuring big that we might have to induce mm-hmm. early, just based on how big he was. That was right. my first holy crap moment. Yeah, and then, and then when you came home and told me that, I was like, well, it looks like we'll have a... Baby. Probably we'll probably have a baby in a couple of weeks. Little did yep. I know, it was literally four you days know, later. <laughs> four days later, we would be having a baby. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I definitely, definitely felt a little unprepared for the definitely the first start of the contractions because I didn't, you know, I knew it was coming soon, but I didn't think it was coming right that soon. Right. Right. I only say this because hopefully Joshua is listening. But <laughs> when we did, uh, she because we're in quarantine, she did a uh, a virtual yoga where we all sat on Zoom. And I was like, hey, I'm going to do yoga. You want to do it as much as you, like, to your limits? And you're like, yeah, sure, that'd be fun. We could do something together. And then we started, we did her whole yoga session. And then, like, later that night, right? Was yeah, it about 12 night? hours later. About 12 yeah. hours later, you said, hey, my mucus plug fell out. And yep. I was like, ew. <laughs> I remember I was drinking a rum and Coke. And then the second you said that, I was like, I don't feel comfortable drinking this anymore. We might be going to the hospital tonight. Right. So I was like, oh, God, anything. And they, correct me if I'm wrong, they say if there's anything, like, after your mucus plug drops, is any between 
like right down then, in there all the way till 48 hours later typically four, okay. i mean it could be longer depending on the person they do say that there are cases where someone's mucus plug can refill back in if contractions oh, and labor don't start i mean that's what i read on google i don't really know how true that is by the way i google web everything MD. yeah WebMD. <laughs> yeah that's um because i really wanted thing. to know you know like what to expect with my mucus plug being gone because i hadn't even had braxton hicks up until or any sort of contractions up until the mucus plug coming out, and, and I didn't know what like, to expect. You weren't like positive of it. You were like, I think, right? And I was like, mm, God, I didn't feel, didn't feel right finishing the rum and coke I had just poured. Right, because I figured it was it was early. You know, it was thirty seven weeks, exactly thirty seven weeks. Yeah, exactly on the nose. And I was like, There's no way. You know, there's no way this is that he's ready to come. You know, he's cozy in here. And right, right. I don't. I don't. So, I don't know. That was that was different. Well, I just I hope she gets a kick out of it because I, I don't blame her. I just think it's funny. I think it's it's kind of funny how the world works. But yeah, no, and then you started your so contractions then, at like, So this was Sunday, April fifth, which was the day after my birthday. The day after your birthday. <laughs> the day yeah, after right, my birthday right. was um we did yoga that Sunday morning and then Sunday night it was probably around eight o'clock. Sunday night was when I noticed my mucus plug I think it was about eight o'clock Sunday night. Well I thought my mucus plug had fallen out. And um Contractions didn't start right away. You know, we were able to continue our night like we normally did. We went to bed. Um, it was about one thirty in the morning that I had my first pang in my, you know, in my uterus. Right. In my, and I was like, okay. I was like, this. I guess this could and be. You like you after that happened, your mucus plug fell out when like at eight. Yeah, it was Sunday night. So like yeah, eight. so it hit, hit like seven or eight or something like that. And I remember I was playing Xbox with Matt, and I stopped drinking, and then I played all night but i had like one headphone off my ear in Just, case you were like oh the contraction started so i was like ready to, to jump and then um then i think i was playing xbox till at least i think it's about 10 like, o'clock we went to bed 10 or 11 i think no, i went I to went, bed after yeah, you, you did. did yeah you did i went to bed at like midnight yeah and i was staring at my phone i'm like oh well nothing's happened yet so i guess i guess we're i guess we're in the clear was what i remember <laughs> thinking to myself when i went to bed and then woke up again at like two or three, and you're like oh, on yeah. the side of the bed, like breathing. And I'm yep. like, "Hey, are you okay?" You're like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm fine. Just you're okay. Go back to bed." No, honey. I think it's I fine. said to you at that moment, "You're not going to runnings tomorrow." <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, you're like, "Yeah, no, you're probably not going to go to runnings tomorrow." And I was like, "All right, sure." I was like, "How are you right now?" You're like, "Oh, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. I'm okay right now." But I don't think I'll be okay later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely knew at that moment that something was starting. Um, they definitely weren't bad. It was definitely, you know, mild cramping. Just, you know, obviously very uncomfortable. I was not comfortable enough to sleep. But, um, and they weren't, they weren't all that often. They were probably half hour, 45 minutes apart. It was definitely a very, very slow start. Um, you know, I would, I remember rushing to the bathroom just sitting on the toilet, like, thinking if my water broke or something, I didn't want it to be in bed, so... Yeah, right. I spent a lot of that morning, you know, sitting on the toilet, just waiting. Um, I was starting to get some, some bloody discharge, which, you know, I heard could happen, but I guess it was more blood than I thought, so I definitely got a little nervous mm-hmm. at that point, because well, I Well, it's didn't... also our first kid. Right. We don't know what to expect. Correct. We don't... What is a little amount? What is a large... Like, right. there's... I, it's hard to gauge and that. this is when Google, you know makes it bad because you google and they're like yeah you know your your bloody show is you know just like a little red tinge and Mm -hmm. that's that's not necessarily the case at all for everybody you know and um but anyway so we continued i woke Corey up at like you know seven o'clock in the morning and said yep you definitely you know you need to call runnings and tell them that we're probably gonna go to the hospital today because you know we need to Mm -hmm. get checked out um 
And I was like, and then you're going to start timing my contractions, and we're going to sit here. And we timed contractions till about, like, 9, yep. 9 o'clock until they got so severe. Well, that's severe. Well, no, it was, no, that was about normal yeah, because we, it was 9 o'clock in the doctors. We had, yeah, we had learned from our birthing class, you know, that try to wait until contractions are about 3 to 5 minutes apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did, and then when they were about 3 to 5 minutes apart consistently because they weren't consistent for a while, they were kind of all over the place. Yeah, it would be like 10 minutes, Yeah. then... Three, three yeah and, and then, then we, like 20 yeah like we, we couldn't yeah it was hard to gauge yeah. so we just hung out at home um paced around you know did the distraction techniques that we learned you know to try and labor at home for as long as we can a because you know the worst thing there's something worse than going to the hospital and being sent home to do it you know to have to go back again mm-hmm. and be with everything being in quarantine you know the last time you're spending in a hospital Right. They tell you is the better. Right. So, you know, we were trying to be smart and laboring at home. But, yeah, by about 10 o'clock that morning, we called the doctors and they said, yep, you know, go to the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. We'll call the hospital and let them know you're coming mm-hmm. to get you into, you know, admitting. And uh, I think that's when the fear hit because we weren't really 100% ready. Well, I can also tell because <laughs> I was like, all right, we need to go. Like, we need to go. If you're having serious contractions, the doctor's saying, we need, to go, we need to go. And you're, like, taking your time, like, yeah. slowly gathering things. And I'm, like, I'm dressed by the door waiting to go. I'm like, hey, let's go. And then you would, like, you would pause and, like, stop and go, oh, hey, let me just change my work email. or And I'm like, no, no, we're going to that. What are you talking about? Let's go to the hospital. What are you talking about? I think I asked you to change my work email. No, but you did t- take the time to show me some magazine that you got or something. And I'm like okay, that's great, but we need to, like, you're in the middle of, let's go right now, come on. But look, it was fine. We were there still early. (laughs) (laughs) The baby didn't come in the car. I I only say that because I knew in the moment I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be something funny to laugh about. (laughs) And I can't remember what it was after all that. I feel like it was either, it was a piece of paper or magazine that you're like, yeah, look, this is the thing I got to do for this. And I'm like, hey. It's not important. You're going to go into labor here. No, so I your think, water's going to break any second. I think the funny point. thing is, is that we really, like, I don't want to say we weren't prepared because, you know, we had the nursery. We had every essential thing needed, but we still hadn't registered at the hospital yet. Well, so. So I did before, that Sunday. Well, before we in the labor, like, we, like, the whole quarantine thing, too, is also, even though it's been hard on us, like, mentally, it was also kind of a blessing in disguise. Right. Because we had all this time together where. My Taikai was closed. Your dance studio was closed. So I'm the only time, from home. right? You're working from home. The only time that I was leaving, if I was working from runnings, it was just two, days, two a days a week. So I would go there, work until about seven, come home, and we'd do dinner. And other than that, we had all this time together. So it was like it was great right before the baby because we had like you and like you and yep. me time that not everybody gets. We got to nest together, as yeah, they say. Right. But we had like all these projects that were like. Oh, the milk bottles and the sanitizers we'll do on the weekend. Yep. Like we would have done today. Like yep. <laughs> we had we had set plans of things that we were getting ready day by day. So like, you know, we would have one night of the week where we would, you know, do some work to prepare ourselves for the baby and then like other nights it would just be fun nights for us so we weren't just doing work. Right, we just have dinner all the time. and we would hang out. But yeah, so we had like little projects planned, nothing like serious, but like cleaning out a cabinet for bottles. Um I mean I'm glad we got that done. I'm glad we got that done too before he came. But there were other things that we didn't get done, like organizing the hall closet, and we still had um, a box of supplies, baby supplies that we hadn't found homes yeah, for. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, there were things that we hadn't gotten off our registry 
Yeah, because because of quarantine, um, we couldn't actually have a baby shower, so we had our first son without actually having a real baby shower, which is kind of bumming. Yeah, well, um, I mean, our baby shower was uh, it was at the house, and people just came by and shit. Yeah, it was a we called it a drive through drive by drive through baby drive through baby shower, shower. Um, because this was at the start of the quarantine, so. People were practicing social distancing, but you were allowed to gather in groups of ten still. So we were we would have you know like a couple, a couple I should say. Not, I'm not right. I don't mean like a couple of friends, but like a couple um, stop by at a time hmm. to visit us. So there was not many people in our house, but it, you and know. then every, I felt like everybody was like really kind and sweet because they were like we would we were all talking, and then the second they would see another Car. Like, group coming, yep. they're like, all right, we gotta go. We'll see you yep. later. Time for the next group. Um, and we like disinfected everything. Like, yep. what a weird. I was not predicting yeah. that would be our. We baby had, um, yeah, it was definitely weird. So we had a table by our front door with Clorox wipes and hand sanitizers. So every time someone come came in, you know, we could disinfect the door handles after them, and everyone could put hand sanitizer on before right. they started touching things. And um, just you know, strange. just yeah, just, a, just I, not how I thought yeah. our baby shower would have gone. Right, exactly. But it was still good. It was nice. You know, we definitely. Felt very loved and supported, but, you know, it's definitely different when you don't get to celebrate in a big room with yeah. everyone together right. and play the fun games with everybody, right. but, you know, right. it is what it is. Right. <laughs> what are you going to do? Right, but I don't know. It's like I'm kind of conflicted because, like, that that bummed me out, but I was, like, really appreciative because we got, like, a good solid three weeks together where it was just, like, like you and right. I were just spending exactly. time together. Exactly, exactly. It was that no, court- not everybody else get, like, if that wouldn't have happened... I bet you we probably wouldn't have had right. half the stuff done, and we wouldn't we have wouldn't, been ready at all. Right, and we probably wouldn't have been like, I don't know. It's it's a, when I say connected, it sounds like we weren't connected before, but you and I are just both like, like you have your dance stuff going on, right. I have martial arts going on, so we like have our individual hobbies, but it's like it's nice that we had that time where it was just like it was you and me time at last, and I remember during that time. Like, we were eating dinner together and thinking to myself, man, this might be, this is going to be, like, the one of the last few moments that That's what I said you would to have yep. together that is just, like... The two of us, yeah. Yep. just the two yeah, of I us. Yeah, I said that, too, one night at dinner, right. and I said, this has been kind of, you know, it's, it's Before you even stinky. said it, I was thinking it. Like, when we were taking the dogs for a walk. walk. Yep, yeah. yep. Um, as stinky as the situation was, you know, like, not being able to go out and... <laughs> yeah. You can hear little Ashton. Yeah, you can hear him in the background. Um... Not being able to go out and get things when you really needed to and having to, you know, everything just being definitely different. Um, but it was definitely nice to be able to spend time together and, yeah. like, enjoy our last few moments as a couple before we became, you know, a family with a kid. That It, it was like we went from yeah. Corey to Brittany to, uh, I feel like Bob said it best where he just said, uh, we're, we're now forever Ashen's mom and dad. Yep. So it's not just, like, Corn and Brittany. Pretty, yep. Ashton's parents. Yeah, right, yep. exactly. Your so identity was, changes. Yeah, right. So it's like we got this nice time together that, because other people would be working 40 hours a, a week, week. Yep. doing their juggling their hobbies, juggling yep. like other things, and they, they wouldn't get that like intimate, like alone time yeah. to kind of like relish in the moment, marinate yeah, to, in the moment. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? To so, be able to, yeah. Right. So it's like there's a kind of a silver lining yeah. to it all, but there's still well, like. I also got an extra silver lining because most people in their third trimester of pregnancy, that's when you really start getting uncomfortable. You're huge. You can't mm-hmm. bend over. Your feet start swelling. Um, 
And it was kind of like being on bed rest for me without having to actually, right. like, miss work. I was able to be at home and, like, wear sweatpants every single day and be comfortable instead of having to dress up to go into the office or, mm-hmm. like, continuing to try and teach, right. you know, while being so uncomfortable. So it was definitely, you know, well, it was a change, and it's still, obviously, we're still living in the quarantine right now, so everything's still changing. Um, there was definitely, it was good to be able to see some silver linings in it. it makes mm-hmm. it a little less difficult to deal with the... Right. Strange situation, yeah, yeah, right. That you're put into, because it's definitely not how you would ever imagine bringing your first child into the world. Yeah, no, and I think, uh, I hope later, like down the road, it kind of makes us throw like a really funny story for exactly. him when he's older. Like, listen, nothing happened to you, and you were you were born in the middle of a pandemic, pandemic you know, yeah. and, and we kind of yep. we kind of made it work. I wish I looked up the numbers so far today. I think we're up to seven deaths, I think, in this county, which is you know, it's. That's sad. That's yeah. that's you know that's it's still increasing, um, but it's definitely not as bad as other areas have been hit. Um, I think you know our numbers were up to about three hundred, almost four hundred cape positive cases in Onondaga County. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely it's definitely, it's definitely kind of a scary. Yeah, thought, it's definitely a scary thought, and especially since you know everything you read is they don't really know how it's transmitting, and they don't know you know like there are people that could be carriers, and like. You could just be carrying it and passing to people and not knowing. And yeah, we're in this weird time where it's like there's nothing. There's still science being worked on it. And yeah, it's like it's there's so many unknowns, and I think that's yep. what people hate about the quarantine, quarantine. is that yep. there's, there's there's it's an it's unknown, very right? unknown. There's yep. no like people are saying, oh yeah, end of April. There was even like I remember like three weeks ago, Donald Trump was like, it'll be done by Easter, Easter but yeah. here we are in Easter, Easter and it's yep. not. Yeah, Easter's but, tomorrow. You know, yeah, Easter's and tomorrow. And so we're kinda... still, you know, I think last I read New York's numbers have been plateauing, so it doesn't mean that they're going up or they're not going down yet. Yeah. Um, which isn't, you know, which once again, it's a, it's a good, bad thing. You know, right. we're not increasing our cases, but we're not decreasing right. them either, so we're not really any close to right. calling it clear. But, yeah, weird. Anyways, we should probably go back to labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right, so we went to the hospital and um, when you first go to the hospital, they, you know, you go up to, um, was it registration? Triage? No, triage is what we went to after. That was the room we went to, that little curtained room. Oh, okay. We had to sit at a desk, and uh, you felt some paperwork, um, and they didn't have my married name in there for some reason. They only had my maiden name, um, which I did. I did end up filling out our pre-registration online before we, on Sunday. <laughs> right, probably like wasn't you said, time, but yeah, right. we didn't, we we didn't, didn't have time to fill out the pre-registration right so i did it but probably didn't process their system so they were trying to admit me but they couldn't fully admit me um because my name was incorrect in their system it was right. known as Brittany fitzgibbons instead of Brittany lawson so they brought us into triage anyway because i was clearly in labor and because they couldn't but, but while we got into the hospital though we also oh, yeah, we had to about get that. Yeah. we had to get like screened yep and i remember pulling into the garage and the two ladies were like and what are you doing here for? Yeah. And you're like heavy breathing through a contraction. I'm like, uh, my wife's giving birth right now. And they're like, oh, we just have to do a couple things. things. Yep. And I remember being like, uh, yep. Yep. I'm like, I kind of want to blow through this block right now and get her into the hospital. Cause literally and she's like, oh, it'll be real quick. Just take your temperature quick. And you're like, okay. <laughs> it was not breathing that bad. <laughs> He's exaggerating, but it was kind of funny. They did. They they have two people, and one's on each side of the car, and they asked you a series of questions, you know, like, have you been outside the country? Have you been outside of Syracuse? Have you come in contact with anyone with COVID? Yeah. Um, you know, do you feel Which like I symptoms? thought it was so wild, but I, I would understand if they were, like, you were in labor, and then they were just like, 
oh, you're fine. Go ahead. And then yeah. that's the person that has, is, that right. has the COVID-19. Yeah. And um, as the nurses were telling us, they actually had to send someone's spouse away because he had a fever. Yeah. So. So I'm glad I wasn't, like, yeah. ill that day. Yeah, me too, because it would have been terrible. But there's, there's like, other New York City. There was uh, a guy in Rochester. Right. but And there's also, we're not the only, like, st- like all the states have changed their rules. And uh, one thing I found out online that there's some states that don't allow the dads. So I, know, yeah. I know New York City, there was, like, four that weren't allowing dads to yeah. participate or be there. Um, but there's some states that don't allow the dad to be there at all. Yeah. And you have to do it by yourself, which is, like, crazy. Yeah, there's um, there were four hospitals in New York City that did ban spouses or a labor coach to be in the room with a delivering mother. And that lasted about a week before our governor overturned that. Mm-hmm. Um, the World Health Organization says it's not healthy for a laboring woman to have to go through it alone. You know, there is a nursing staff, but the nursing staff can only do so much that they need yeah. a support person. They need someone there to speak for them. They need to be able to have someone they can rely on, you know, for their, their health and safety. Right. during labor so new york overturned that rule so we were but lucky there, there are still some states, states and that, there's also some yeah, countries that don't allow that don't, that. They don't allow it and that's that was honestly one of our biggest fears as we were approaching delivery day yeah. um is that because everything was so unknown and there were so many fights going on of whether spouses could be in the room or not um that was definitely a scary moment to think that i could have had to do all of this alone i was waiting for the moment where when we drove into the hospital and they did the check that they were going to say that I had to turn around and drop you off at the front door and leave. Yeah. I was, I was like, actually kind of scared about that. Yeah. All while you're having contractions, and then they're asking us five questions, and I'm like, yeah. guys, can we, pl- let's move this along. Come on, let's yeah. go, let's go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we got, uh, I got sidetracked. So we got into the triage, right? Yeah. That's when you're Well, having... so we got to the parking garage, and I remember we met that nice nurse. Oh, yeah, who... the nurse just walked us right yep. to the front There was actually a nurse. Door. That was in labor and delivery, a nurse that she had just gotten in for her shift, and uh, she helped walk us right to the front door to help us get in to know where we should go, because, um, you know, every, once again, everything was different. You can't, you couldn't just walk into the hospital yeah. anymore. We had to go through another checkpoint yep. on our way into the hospital, um, tell them why we were there, and show the proof that we had been screened already, so they didn't have to do another screening on right. us, um, and then let you go to the elevator where you're supposed to go, and, you know, it's just weird things you don't think about, like not being able to touch an elevator button with your bare hands, you know, you got to use your elbows because you don't right. want to possibly pick up any germs and yeah. just weird little things along the way. Um, but yeah, so then we got up to triage and um, they got, you know, they got us sort of checked in because of the name issue. They couldn't really fully check me in. So they couldn't use their computer systems because I wasn't in the computer system. They had to start doing everything by pen and paper. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. That was crazy. I was like, Oh my god! Like you guys, like you guys aren't prepared just to like enter somebody's name. It has to yeah. be like you it was have a whole to go, yeah, thing. Because right. I mean, we probably sat in the triage room for thirty least, minutes, maybe. I feel like it was an like hour. an hour. Yeah, yeah, in an hour that. Um, and that's when your contractions were getting. They were getting stronger. Yeah. Yep, they were definitely getting stronger. Um, they had about three nurses check me for dilation, and each nurse kept with a different number. Yeah, the first one was three to four, and then another. And that one was, was the like, resident who ended up delivering. Yeah, 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 and then then there's another one that was like, oh, you're at nine. Yeah, she's like, I think and you're I'm, like eight, nine, and I was like, there's no way I'm at ten, nine. Ten's the magic number, and yep. I remember thinking in my head, I'm like, uh, why are we still in here then? Can yeah. we please move her to another yeah. room? when she said nine, that I definitely freaked out, because I was like, there's no way this is nine. I was like, I'm definitely not ready. Like, I, yeah. I guess I, I kind of knew it couldn't have been nine, um, but three And then f- we got one that was like two. No. What was the third? It was... Five or six. Okay, so it was like yeah. every single answer is something different. Different, yep. Um, 
but there was definitely at least everyone agreed it was enough to admit me that they weren't going to send me back home, which was which is what we wanted. Right. We right exactly. Yeah. We didn't want to be sent back home at that point. So that was good. So they got me into our delivery room. Um, you know, and was, now this was uh, Monday at like, like eleven a.m. Yeah, eleven a.m. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just to keep you in mind, like what um, you guys plug. Broke set Sunday at 8, 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Contraction started at Monday at 1.30 a.m. Yep. And this is now 11 a.m. on Monday, and we are, you know, finally getting into the labor and delivery room. Um, anticipating that things are going to be done, you know, by I that thought, day. Like, I literally thought we would have a kid by 6 p.m. Yep. I did, too. Uh, we definitely thought we were going to be delivering on April yeah. 6th, which would have been cool because I like even numbers. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided seven's a lucky number. Everyone likes seven in Vegas, so that's seven's right. not a bad number seven's either. A lucky number. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but anyway, I guess it's skipping ahead. Um, so we get in there, and um, they get me all hugged up to the machines, and I'm allowed to walk around, and we're kind of pacing about. And um, there was the on-call doctor. One of the on-call doctors was a midwife. Her name was Katie Spillett. And the other on-call doctor was Dr. LaRussa, who is also, who is a doctor in my OBGYN office. Um, but we haven't seen him. We went, we to, seen we him. went to Dr. Bailey a bunch. Yeah, do- right, correct. Dr. Yeah. Bailey was our our OBGYN at the office that we saw for all of our prenatal visits, um, except for two when she wasn't available. Um, but she wasn't on call the day of delivery, so she didn't get to deliver. Which after, is fine. Which I is mean, fine, right? Still, we knew we yeah. knew that was possibility when we I feel like there was a high, there. when we yeah. first heard that like she worked in shifts and then part yeah. was in the office, part was at the hospital. Yeah. I'm like, man, the chances that we're gonna see right. her are so slim. Right. So we knew that, but we decided to have consistent care with her throughout the whole process anyway because right. I knew come the day of I didn't really care who was down there pulling the baby out I just would want it out so right, right. we decided having consistent care throughout was better than jumping around to different doctors so they get me all hooked up and then the midwife comes and checks me and she goes you know she's like I really don't think she's nine centimeters she's like I, I don't know how to tell you this. she's like I think you're only six centimeters and she's like and your water hasn't broken yet and I was like, okay, all right. And I was like, six centimeters still doesn't sound bad because I, I remember from birthing class that, you know, once five is the magic number, you can take, you know, hours to get mm-hmm. to five centimeters. Right. So I thought once we got to six centimeters, that meant things could yeah, still... we were over the hump a little we bit. We were over least. the hump, you know, and that things could still progress. And I was like, okay, that's not bad. I can do this. And she goes, well, you've got two options. She's like, we can... You can continue laboring at six and we can see what happens, see if you progress. She's like, um, or I can break your water and see what happens. And... At that time, I was like, well, I was like, we're not really, you know, in any rush. And I Well, there's also, there's always the chance when you break the water that the umbilical cord right. goes underneath, underneath and Slips underneath the neck. baby's neck and but he wasn't the, the dropped chances enough. Are, yeah, the chances are, she said, doesn't it's not very often that it happens, but it is a possibility. Right. So you and I were very like, oh man, I remember us being right. very conflicted about it. And I, I said, you know, okay, so he hasn't dropped enough yet and... You know, she also did tell me that once the water breaks, the contractions would get stronger and the pain would get worse. And I was like, okay, so I'm only at six centimeters, have to make it to ten. You know, if we continue laboring and if he labors down and the water breaks on his own, I could have a better chance of, you know, like, mm-hmm. being, you know, more dilated right. and it being better. And we literally, we were debating it with the doctors and the midwife. We went back and forth about it for about it three, a- four minutes. And then Kate, Katie, right? What was her name? Uh, um, no, she laughed because that was the f- she. Um, she laughed. We said, "Okay." I said, "No, we're gonna wait," and we waited like another hour. Well, and yeah, and so she, and came, she back, came back, and, and she was like, "Well, at least let's let's check and see where you're at now after yep. an hour of of pushing, pushing. and having labor." Yep. 
Well, you didn't start. There was no pushing. Yeah, it was just laboring. Um, we were, you know, we did the walking around. We tried different techniques, you yeah. know, like that we learned in class. The, you know, the squatting and mm-hmm. the rocking of the hips, and you know, right. different things to try and bring the baby down a little bit more. Right. Um, for that hour, and then Katie came back in and uh, she checked, and she was like, "You're still six centimeters," and she's like, "Your water still isn't broken," and she's like, "What do you want to do?" And then um, she decided to wait until I had another contraction just to kind of feel where his head was at during a contraction. And when she did that, the water broke. And it was, it was funny to me because she was. It was the second that you started, and the second she started checking, she was like, "All right, you ready, Brittany? All right, three, two, oh, and your water broke." Yep. And then we were both just. And like, I was like, uh, "Yep." I was what? like, "I definitely felt that. There was a lot. I didn't, you know." They but you weren't on the epidural then. Nope, I wasn't. Nope. Yeah. Um. No, but I wasn't. I, but it was definitely more water than I ever thought was going to come out. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a lot. Yeah. Definitely felt like a whole swimming pool. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that was. So, and then um, it was pretty much immediately after that that the contractions really started getting. Really increased. Really, they really increased. And they said it could take a while and, you know, it, you know, for them to, for them to increase. And, you know, it couldn't, they could still be slow and spaced out, but, um and they were like, do you want anything? And I said, nope. I was like, I'm actually okay. We'll see. And then I think it was about 10 minutes after that, I had had back-to-back contractions. And um, they ended up giving me an IV pain medicine because I wanted to try that Pitocin. first. No, it wasn't Pitocin. That's what they do to um, cause oh, labor along. Pitocin. No. They would given no. me some IV pain medicine mm-hmm. um, to try and help. And that did nothing but make me groggy <laughs> and like sleepy and sleepy it did nothing for your pain it did nothing for my pain Interesting. not a thing not a thing it was still the exact same and um so i labored like that for about another hour and a half through horrible contractions i honestly thought i broke Corey's hand about four times <laughs> yeah. during that process yeah, pre-epidural i felt like uh the dude from scary movie 2 grab a strong <laughs> hand like my hand was all crippled and like i definitely mangled. felt his fingers pop several times as i squeezed them yeah. i'll say this for the tie guy friends i we, we we know joe roach has strong grips right he's known for having like an impor- like you can't break his grip on your collar or your lapel but god damn, I swear you had a stronger grip than him when we were in when we were in labor. <laughs> yeah, at that. I mean, I remember like I don't remember the I can't physically recall the pain sensations right now anymore. I think my body has kind of blocked that out, but I remember being in a lot of pain. That's when um I kept thinking I was going to throw up because I was in so much pain, mm-hmm. but I never actually did, thank god. Yeah. Thank god. Because you do not like throwing up. Cuz I hate throwing yeah. up. That was that would have been terrible. Um, so then, so like, we labored like that for about an hour and a half. So this brings us to about what? Do you remember what time you got an epidural? I don't remember. I feel like it was like five. Yeah, I was gonna say it was five later or at six. Night. Yeah. Um, and so Katie came back in, and I was still after the hour and a half after the water broke of those terrible contractions. I was still only at six centimeters. Yeah. And I was like, crap. I was like, if I didn't, if I just did the whole hour and a half, and I got nowhere, I was like. I didn't. I knew there was no way I was gonna make it to ten mm-hmm. centimeters. It was, right. it was almost it was too much. Yeah, yeah right, it was. Right. You know, I was able to get through it little at a time, but I mean, you were it like was, sweating, and I was like, what, yeah. "What is this? It's not even warm in here." Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a it was lot. A lot. Yeah. So, and I'm, I didn't, I don't really have anything against epidurals. The reason I didn't want to have an epidural is that it takes some of your freedom away when you're laboring. Um, you can't get out of bed again. They make you lay down in bed. Okay. <laughs> um, they make you lay down in bed, and you know they say it takes with sensation when you when you're going to push. And I, I wanted to be able to feel being able to push my baby out. Like there was just you know like there was just some things and you that also, I also 
said after birth too is like you wanted to have the most natural birth possible to yep. the point like not natural or no medication but natural in the sense that you know you your diet was extremely clean yeah you drank your daily water every single day yeah i mean you're de- like in that regard yep so i know it's kind of a bummer to not right like, to yeah be able so to... i right so this is a big so me getting the epidural was a big thing um because that definitely was not part of our birth plan it was definitely not something i wanted to do i knew labor was going to be tough and i you know thought i was as most prepared for it as i could be but the hour and a half of literal constant pain and contractions of not being able to breathe and you know and it was kind of like a letdown like after that hour and a yeah. half and we didn't get and any right farther. and if i had gotten somewhere i think i would have been okay because i would have been okay you know this is worth it like mm-hmm. we're making progress he's going to be here this is all going towards something but it was going towards nothing right um so we i decided to do the epidural so the doctor came in probably like 15 minutes later and gave me the epidural um and then of course you know i lost feeling in my legs um but then things got better um it was about 5 p.m when that Mm -hmm. happened and i definitely noticed a difference i was able to breathe yeah and then you got the epidural and i was like nice i texted dad i'm like we're gonna have our kid by 7 p.m i bet everybody's taking bets like yeah like my whole my dad side dad said i think he said like midnight deb said 11 erica said like 105 or so yeah, everybody like, like two took o'clock time, in the morning. Yeah, so everybody yeah. was like it's gonna be wicked early in the yeah. morning um but i knew i mean i knew the epidural was gonna slow labor down um that's what another reason why i didn't want an epidural is because i know it slows labor but but my ignorant ass i thought i was like ooh, epidural's yeah. <laughs> in we're gonna we are on the road to no. success here <laughs> no um so then they came back and checked me i want to say it was like 7 or 8 p.m and that's when they found that i had another sack of fluid in me which is probably why i hadn't gone anywhere mm-hmm. is because my water there was another sack of water in there that needed to be broken for labor to continue so part of me wonders if that was broken when the first one was broken right. if we would have labored more yeah. naturally right, right. but for some reason my body is weird and i and had... again for the second time when the doctor came in and said something about that second one when yeah. the second you go to to check like i remember well, he what poked the, that one. Was that was Dr. LaRusso. Right? No, Dr. LaRusso and Jackie were there when they did the second one. Yeah, and Jackie was like, I'm pretty sure there's another sack that's in there, but I just can't tell. Tell, right. Yeah. yeah, because she was, it's, I guess it's not common, and I honestly, we don't know what caused it. I didn't ask any of the doctors, and it's not like it was of importance of that time. Yeah, right. We you didn't. know, it needed to get broken so we could continue laboring. Um, and I don't know, yeah, I don't know what that second sack was. Yeah. I don't honestly, I don't know if it was just something that was sitting around him that's preventing him to come down. I don't know if it was, he had two sacks of fluid around him. Right. Um, yeah, no idea. Yeah. Um, that's something, you know, we might never, ever know. Yeah, right. Um, but anyway, so Dr. Larissa came in and it was probably about 8 PM and, uh, they broke that second sack, mm-hmm. which I think around that time we were at about seven centimeters. I think we'd gotten a little bit, gotten somewhere. Right. And um, they broke that one, and then it was kind of slow from there on out. I remember you got to take a little bit of a nap. Yep, I took uh, probably a total of like a two-hour, maybe three-hour nap. Yep. That was probably about it. And um, I know, you know, Dr. Larissa came in to check at midnight before he was, like, his shift ended. Mm-hmm. And I think, that's when, I think that's when we were about seven centimeters. So when yeah. he came back, it progressed a little. And I was like, okay, well, I was like, at least at this point, like, we're... We're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then um, morning came about, 
7 a.m., right, was when Katie came back in? Yeah. Oh, no, it could have been 7 a.m. because he was born at 7.51. So it would have been so like, 5 like 5 a.m. So it's probably like 5 or 6. Yeah, 5 a.m. So at this point... When Katie came back in that time, I was awake. and I, So I probably got about three hours of sleep. And when she yeah. came in, I was... I had just re-woken up, up from yeah. my nap. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that had to been like 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. I'd have to say, maybe 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, so at this point... I've now been laboring for over 24 hours. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Definitely not something you ever really want to do. Um, and she came in and she was like, okay, you know, you're about eight, centime- or eight centimeters. And I was like, okay, great. We're getting somewhere. Um, and, um, oh, at this, I forgot, we forgot. Um, so once you have the epidural, you can only lay in bed. Yeah, so you they, can't walk. Right, or... you can't walk or get up. So they were trying to, like, change my positions. Um, and so they had started me on my right side and everything was fine. And then after about an hour, they had tried to flip me, or two hours, they tried to flip me to my left side. And um, the baby's heart rate dropped, and he started showing signs of stress. So they had to take me and flip me back to my right side. Right. And I was only allowed to lay on my right side for, like, the last 12 hours of labor. (laughs) Um, Because that was the only position that I could be in without stressing the baby out. Uh, Which is a little scary, and definitely... Especially, yeah, especially hearing... When she said your baby's heart rate dropped, I remember my heart my heart rate like yeah. skipped. I was like, "What? Oh my god, what are we doing? Yep. Is he okay in there?" Yeah. Um, so that was a scary moment. Um, so they kept me on my right side, which was not fun for my right leg. It was completely numb from the hip on down. I had yeah, to have right. Corey keep massaging my leg because I yeah. had to lay on it. I had, right. I couldn't move it and I couldn't get up and I couldn't walk around and yeah. made me regret the epidural a little because that's you know I knew that was why this was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that wasn't that was definitely not fun. Um. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get off the couch. Go ahead. There you go, Nature. Um. But yeah. So that was definitely made the labor a little bit tougher. Not only being able to lie in one position Mm -hmm. for like the rest of it. Yeah. Um. Was definitely not fun. But at that point, the epidural had kind of evened out, so I could feel my other leg again. I was able to start like feeling some sensations. Yeah. Again, which was kind of nice because I definitely, you know, at least I got kind of what I wanted. I wanted to be able to feel the birth happened. Right. And then um, by about 6 o'clock, Katie said I was 10 centimeters and we could start pushing. Start pushing, yeah. Yep. Um, it was only a short time after that. Yep. Um, so I started pushing slow. We did, you know, every other contraction or so because he wasn't fully down. His head wasn't fully down yet. Mm-hmm. So like, we started working. It might be dinner time. <laughs> yeah, let's... Why don't we just pause, pause and yeah. then we'll come back to it. We'll get him some yeah. dinner. Okay, so... All right, we're back now. So anyway, so, he um he wasn't full, his head wasn't fully I think you're supposed to be at a plus two fist that, or something. I, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I was so confused at that whole thing, plus one. I remember plus the two. picture from birthing class and I remember like negative being above and you wanted to be positive, which meant you were lower in the uterus. Um but so he wasn't quite down yet, so we started doing con- pushing like every other contraction so that way I wasn't too tired by the time it was fully time to push, but they wanted me to start helping him come down a little bit. Right come down a little bit more um and then the next thing i know they're wheeling in this cart and they're opening up all these things and there's right that, four more nurses yeah. come in that and was the old shit because they never even said like all right it's game it was just time. like all, yeah, of sudden, all of a sudden it was we just... have four people in the room and they wheeled in a whole a whole like tray full of tools and stuff like that that i was like oh because it's serious time yeah. now and um yeah they don't really tell you that it's all beginning and all of a sudden you just got you know these these bright lights on you and literally so many people around and they right. were like all right it's just time to push and at that moment you know i just kind of blocked everything else out and just focused on 
what they were telling me, you know, right. and it was my, I'll be honest, it was my first time, so, like, I definitely didn't know what I was doing at first and definitely didn't right. know what I should be feeling and, like, yeah. what I should be doing. It was definitely a learning curve. Yeah. Um, Especially, they always say that your first is the hardest because you, you don't know what to expect, right? Yep. Yep. Right. Um, so, yeah, we, it was time and, uh, 7.51 a.m., yep. little Ashton yep. graced us. Yeah, I remember, uh, watching him born. I thought it was pretty, uh. It was a pretty pivotal moment for me. That's like, like we were talking about all the moments that like made it real, but that was like the, probably the most intense thing for me just because it was like, wow, he's finally here. And you know, amidst all the craziness in the world, he was crying, he was healthy, there was no complications and uh, the son was born. Yeah. I don't know, it was pretty, pretty I mean, I had a hard time not crying. Like literally the entire time we were in the room, I... I was just looking at you guys and just crying because they took, they took Ashton, they wiped him down just once. They didn't once, even like yep. they put totally him on clean me. him, threw him on you, and then yep. they gave us like five minutes to soak it in. And then before I knew it, the nurse was like, "Hey, do you want to cut the cord?" And I didn't answer, and she was like, "Corey, Dad, do you want to cut, cut the, the cord? cord?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll cut the umbilical cord, sure." I remember them telling you it was like a, a spongy thing, right? They said, "What do they say it felt like when you're cutting it?" Uh, it felt very fatty Fat, when you cut through yep. it. Yeah. yeah. Which is, they gave, we had a really sharp knife, so I only had to, like, step twice, twice and, it was, yeah. and it was a done deal. Um, but yeah, so going back to quarantine now through all of this. Um, right. So while this is going on, you know, like that's, what we just told you guys is pretty much probably sounds like a typical labor to most people who are listening right. and who have had kids before. Um, but so while we're doing this now with the extra protocols, they have to continue taking our temperatures every four hours yeah it was like four or five hours every four or five hours a nurse would come in mm-hmm. and um they would have to recheck our temperatures to make sure that none of us had gained a fever right for the entire time because if you know he well i mean obviously they weren't sending me anywhere but if Corey had shown a fever at any point i they, was so afraid they were going to send me yeah, home if i had a me fever too. i was every time i took his temperature yeah i mean i know he was healthy but i guess you just you don't know where the fever you don't know and it was every time i took his temperature i remember holding my breath hoping that like he was going to be okay and be able to stay there with me because I definitely didn't want to do it alone. Um, And the nurses all had to wear masks, and then when they came in to do, like, any pelvic exam or the delivery, they had to wear full face coverage, like, plastic shields. Yeah, that was Um, wild. The whole thing was, like, when we got... So we got out of the labor and delivery and went into the the, the mother-baby unit, where we're pretty much just, like, in a hotel room with our... Baby. Yep. And uh, the crazy thing is not like, like I know the doctors that all did it, and it comes to really give you like how good you are with names because I don't remember any of these people's names other than Katie and Mariah because I went to school with her. And you remember all these people's names, but what was even weirder to me was the fact that like, you, like we, can't, we don't really see their face. face. You know, yeah. like I see their eyes, but I don't see like. If I walked by Jackie on the street, I would not know who she was. Right. She was. Yeah. Or if we walked by Katie, I would not know who she who yeah. she was because we never saw her other than her eyes, eyes to yep. her forehead. Yep. Yep. The other thing I forgot. I meant Ashley was the nurse that um, was in labor and delivery with us for the first part. Oh. And right, then we right. had Jackie because yep. Ashley was the one that helped me walk around before we got the epidural. Right. Um, right. It was really helping us, and she helped me through the epidural. She's the one that helped me. Yep. Right. <laughs> through the epidural. Right. Um. 
Yeah, and then, yeah, Jackie. But yeah, yeah so then, crazy. so after he's born, they put him on your chest. They make you do skin to skin for an hour. Yeah. Um. So you just lay that way, and um. At this point, it's now seven a.m. on Tuesday. I've been in labor since one a.m. on Monday. And, and you have, haven't eaten anything since. Hadn't eaten anything since. I think I had toast when you got up at seven. I think I think I made you. Made You're me, like, yeah. Can you make me one slice of toast? And you said with a little amount of peanut, peanut butter. butter. Yep. Because I didn't. I knew I was going to need food because I knew once we got to the hospital, I probably wasn't going to be able to eat again for a while, so I wanted to have something in my stomach. Literally didn't eat for, like, probably 36, 36 hours, hours yep. for you. Um, for me, was, I was able to, and I was eating, like, Doritos and shit. shit I was just yeah. whatever I could get out of the vending machine. Yep. Um, yeah, so that was rough, and I was so tired at that point after not sleeping for, you know, well over 36 hours because I hadn't really slept since one thirty when contractions had started. Um and, yeah, so I remember the first thing I said to them, I was like, well, can I eat? He's, I have this newborn baby still in his, <laughs> yeah. you know, his protective skin lying on my chest. And yeah. I was like, I just need food. Yeah, right, right. And um, you, you fucking deserved it, too. Yeah, labor, that yeah, that was hard. I was definitely, even though, like, I was in labor pains, I could still feel my stomach growling as, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm, like, trying to push yeah, and, right. like, going through contractions. Right. That was... Definitely something weird I had to, like, put in the back of my mind saying, it's fine, you know, just, you've got the strength in there to push out your son, just don't right. even focus on it, like, just bear yeah. down and do it. Right. Um, yeah, no, it's pretty, so then we were in the baby mother unit, and then we, uh, we were there, uh, so we got so there, we like, got there, Tuesday so they keep you, afternoon. Yeah, they keep you in the labor and delivery room for about two hours after birth. Yeah. So I was able to order food, and, um, we eat it in the, scarfed eat it, it down eat it, so yep, quick. eat it in the labor and delivery room, um. And I remember I asked, it was an egg salad sandwich, I think that's mm-hmm. what I had. Because yeah. um, they were only serving breakfast with, like, a few, like, other items. Yeah. And I definitely didn't want breakfast food at that time. I really yeah. just wanted, like, something carby because... Yeah, right. Because it was a lot of energy. I was exhausted. Um, and then um, I had to wait for them to stitch me up. Mm-hmm. And then they make you lay in bed because I had the epidural, so I had to lay there for two hours. Until it wore off. Until it wore off a little bit more. And then they make you practice walking to the bathroom and trying to go to the bathroom, which was the worst experience of my life. Yeah. Um, Nobody really talks about that, huh? Yeah, that, that first trip to the bathroom after was terrible, and I was so weak because, once again, I was hungry, and I hadn't walked, and mm-hmm. I couldn't feel my right leg from laying on it for yeah. over, you know, 12, 16 hours at that point. Um, but I kept, once again, just kept telling myself, like, it's only going to get better from here. It's only going to get better from here. All right. And, um, yeah, and then they put you in a wheelchair, and... Um, Put the baby in your arms as they roll you to the mother baby unit. They let dad press this button that plays a lullaby. Yep. So that everyone in the hospital knows that there's been a baby born. Yeah. And then um, they bring you to your room to get settled. And that's when I really just don't, I stopped remembering things because I was so tired. I know it's like doctors and yeah, nurses just, kept. Yeah, you pretty much just passed out. Yeah, doctors and nurses kept coming back in and like checking things. And like they were trying to teach me how to feed him. And I, it was. I was so tired. I know, like, my eyes weren't even open. and Yeah, like... yeah that first, uh, the first 24 hours, I couldn't hold him and not, like, tear up. I remember, like, you were sleeping, and then yep. I was just holding him, and I wanted to tell him about, like, tell him about, like, my dad, my sister, your parents, Mike, you know, like, just talk to him about, oh, I can't wait for you to meet, you know, just to talk to him so he'd hear my voice, and I would start to well up and start to tear up but now i can finally hold him and talk to him and not feel like i'm gonna cry yeah. and we're five days later and i can <laughs> four five, four days later he's four days like, old today yeah four days old four days old um but yeah and you know that's the rest of this day was just it was kind of a whirlwind of complete ups and downs you know like after that right. we got through 
those first few hours in the morning, um, we were able to get lunch, and then I started feeling slightly better as I was getting more food in me. Right. Um, was able to, you know, do more things, and once again, you know, they're still coming in every four hours to check our temperatures, and yeah. even Ashton's, they were coming in to check, but I know that's probably pretty normal to check to make sure right. his body's regulating okay outside of, outside of my belly. Yeah, it was pretty, and then uh, we stayed in... Uh... In the room, we we were told we were gonna leave like the well, next day. So they and... told us that he's he's not a pre he wasn't premature. He's an early early term baby. Early term. Um, yeah. and because he was early term, you know, we definitely had some. Because he was three weeks early. Because he was three weeks early, we definitely had some road bumps. Um, my milk supply was not in yet, so it was very hard for me to feed him, at first because an adequate amount. Yeah, but adequate amount there was just there was nothing there, um, so that was definitely. A struggle very early on um and then he was jaundiced because he was early and my milk supply wasn't coming in so there was you know he wasn't passing the right amount of bowel movements and whatever else needed to happen so um yeah so that yeah was... then the next day we thought we were gonna go home but after we heard that he was had higher levels of jaundice, jaundice. then we had to stay an extra day he got put in like a uv machine i remember that, like that moment when they, it was about four or five o'clock in the morning when Mariah came in to tell me that, you know, he had, you know, not passed his second blood test as levels, it increased to 12 point something, right. like 12.4, and um, they want them to be around a 10. And she said, you know, we have to we have to bring in the phototherapy machine, and um, we're going to get him hooked up right now. And I was like, oh, my God, Corey is going to wake up, and he's going to see this machine, and he's going to have a meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> and because um, I remember earlier that day, you had walked down the hall to get me some more water, and you were like, at least, you know, like, our baby's healthy. Right. And I walked down the hall, and then I was like, I saw, looked to my right, and then I see a baby in a, like, this, like, plastic case with all these blue lights and stuff on him, and I'm like, ooh, thank God that's not us, because, man, that sounds like that'd be terrible. And then I come and back to the room, and then that next morning, <laughs> and then that is us. But yeah. that's not... I definitely don't want people to think that it's as extreme. Like, it sucks seeing him in, we were calling it the spaceship, yes. but there could have been way worse things. Like, he could oh, have absolutely. had a tube up his nose. He right. could have, like, we, we got lucky Correct. to the fact that it, it was, was a very, very easily fixable thing of sitting for 12 hours in a UV machine to help his blood process whatever jaundice is, I guess. I don't know. I'm kind of yeah. ignorant to the whole thing. Yeah, but, me too. But after that and then the levels cleared and we finally we were finally able to yes yeah, so that was so tuesday we gave birth they tested his levels wednesday night is that what it was so thursday morning was the first time they put yeah. him in and then we left yeah, friday and then we got to leave friday um finally yeah like it felt like it was yeah. forever i was just i was yeah. sick of sleeping in hospital beds i'm sure you were too um i i won't say that because i you know, in that time, it gave me more time to learn how to properly feed him. I was able to have a lactation consultant right. come in for those extra two days. Right. It was kind of like I equated to like having private lessons. I got personal private right. lessons because. And if something happened, we had the right. pleasure of like, yep. oh, nurse button, help, please. Yep. And they were like when he was when the first day that he was born. Remember, he choked up on mucus, mucus, and we were both like, "Holy shit, what's going on? Yeah, what right. the hell? What do we do? Hit the nurse button quick." Yep. We thought he was uh, aspirating on his own. Yeah, right. That was that mucus, was pretty scary. That yeah. was scary. Um, because they got to work the mucus out of their lungs after yep. they're born, so it's just part of the process. Process. Yep. Um, so I mean, while it was while it stunk being away from home, you know, like we obviously, if you haven't heard, we've got two dogs in the house. Yeah, you can hear them probably and, in the background. Um, they, you know, like they were without us for a whole week. You know, we had my mom sitting here with them, and I definitely missed them. But it was definitely, I'm 
not going to take for granted the fact that we got extra time with extra help, you know. And, and with great nurse, like I, th- I felt like yeah. there wasn't, there wasn't one right. nurse that I was like, oh, this person doesn't know what she's well, doing. Well, we met a lot of people. Our two main nurses was um, Shelby, who was our night nurse, who we usually had overnight, and yeah. then we got Mariah in the mornings, um, and the two of them, you know, like it was. It was definitely nice to have the extra help. Um, I saw several lactation consultants because they kept changing them every time they right. came in. Right. But even then, you know, like, we hadn't had time to get a breast pump yet because we were still, you know, trying to fight with my insurance. And this whole quarantine thing made everything This even whole harder. quarantine thing made it, it harder because, places. yeah, places were shut down and medical supply places were only doing essential medical supplies, you know, for masks and PPE equipment for medical providers. Yeah. So it definitely made it harder to get what we needed and... Um, one of the lactation consultants made it happen. They were able to put it through. They brought the unit, you know, brought me a unit right to the room. I didn't have to worry about it. Um, definitely was a sigh of relief because it was one of those things that we weren't prepared for when he decided to right. show up. Right. Yeah. A little early. A little early. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, was it a long stay? Absolutely. Would I want to do it again? Probably not. Um, that, was, that was a long, yeah. long week, right? Yeah. But it was definitely nice. I will I will not take for granted all the extra help and advice we got. Yeah. You know, from And now it's being like, there. it's weird because we're, because of the quarantine, nobody's allowed to be here. So it's like, it's weird that we don't have, like, the joy of seeing, like, your dad right. hold the baby, or, like, my dad, or my yeah. sister. You know what I mean? And that was, yeah, that was the thing. You know, my mom, I had, you know, in our birth plan, we had put my mom in the labor and delivery room with us because, is that burp? I don't, have, I, I don't hear him. Um, because, you know, I wanted the extra support. And, you know, there's a, there's times when girls need their moms around sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. And having your husband there's a great support system, but he's never been through it. He doesn't, you know, he didn't, you know, definitely didn't know what to expect. Yeah, right. Whereas your mom has been through it before and would have been an extra voice of reason. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so if my mom wasn't allowed to be in there because we were only allowed to have one labor coach. And... Um, now we're home, and, you know, most people who go through postpartum in the first two weeks have family come over, and, like, mother-in-laws come over, and yeah. grandpas, and you have family members around to help you, you know, like, cook meals and do dishes, and, like, you know, get through life with a newborn who wants to eat every hour and not sleep at night, and we're stuck in quarantine, and it's it's just it's us. Weird, right? yeah, <laughs> we're just so sitting great. in our 900-square-foot home, yeah. two dogs, a tortoise, mom, right. dad, and little baby Ashton. Yeah. It's, a uh, Definitely, once again, not something you expect when you find out you're pregnant with your first child. This is not something you plan for. This yeah, is not, right. you know, a typical situation. Not, not what you're expecting, that's for sure. And it sucks that, you know, the baby's aunts and uncles who are so excited to meet him haven't had a chance to. And come over and see him. Come yeah, over and see yeah. him, and they can't hold him. And, you know, it's... <laughs> just, dude. Um, definitely makes it a little... Excuse me, buddy. Definitely makes it a little a little sad. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It's you know, but once again, we can always find the the blessings and things. Our family has been incredibly supportive. They have right. you know done. They've dropped door meals on our doorstep for us, mm-hmm. um, given us gift cards to make sure that we're taken care of because you know they can't. They right. can only help from afar. Yeah, they can't really. Can't do do too much. It's definitely uh, it's definitely been a wild ride, but. We made it. We're here. We did it. He's still figuring here. It out. Yeah, we're still yeah. figuring it out. And um, yeah, being um, being postpartum in quarantine is also hard because you can't. You're just you're stuck. You're stuck inside. <laughs> you're stuck. You're stuck inside. You can't. 
there's no outlet. You can't go out to do anything. You can't just go to a store to get things you need. So it makes the worry of having a newborn yeah, right. even worse because it's not, you know, right now um, we're under orders by our, our county executive that um, there's based on your birth year, there's certain years you can go out and go shopping. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird time to have a baby, but I feel uh, pretty lucky that you and I are a pretty, pretty good team that we can kind of uh, navigate through it, you know? Yeah. So that, that's yeah. that's the story that's of Ashton. The story, yeah. It's finally yeah. gonna be out in the interwebs for everybody to hear, and hopefully, somebody will get some cool education yeah. and maybe a cool perspective. And on you know, it. other moms who are out there going through the same thing. It's definitely a weird time, and and don't feel alone. There's nothing normal about the situation we're in, and it's okay to be sad about it. It's okay. It's okay to kind of kind of push through it and do what we have to do. And hope that someday soon his grandparents will be able to meet him. Soon enough, our grandparents will, well, his grandparents will be able to see him. His aunts and uncles will be able to hold him. All will be kind of right in the world. And when we're celebrating his fifth birthday party, it'll be like, hey, remember that time? time yeah. Remember that crazy time when... And obviously, he's not going to have any recollection of this. This is just going to all be something he learns about in his history books, which I think is even weirder. Yeah. Living through a weird time. I'm glad we did this. I think this is going to be a really... I think this is a really good good thing yeah, to do for good. everybody. It's a good for, memory for, for us. For them, and it's also yeah. kind of... Uh, we also did it for selfish reasons too, so we had a piece of Ashen's history kind of recorded, and so we didn't forget it. I didn't want to forget any details of that because I, I know for sure I knew I was gonna be like I was gonna have emotion, but I wasn't expecting to what, like to what level of emotion you of would it, feel, yeah, right? Because it was like I would be okay, and then I'd hold him, and then it was like so much love, joy, yeah, you gratitude. There's no explaining the love you feel when you hold your child for the first time. And I thought there was some... I thought that was just what people said when they had a kid. Like, that was, like, when the, my friends that are already dads yeah. came up to me. They, were, they found out, like, when we were pregnant and would say, Hey, congratulations. I, I gotta tell you, there's nothing like your first child. You think you know what love is, but then you have your first child and you're like, Alright, come on, dude. I, I know what love is, but... Ah, oh, man, you really don't. It's hard to explain. As Corey said, he think he already knows. He's my second now. <laughs> yeah, I already know. I'm number two now. He's my number two, man. Yeah, I'm my number two now. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for doing this. I love you very much. I'm glad we're doing this. I love you, this. too. Yeah. Hey, Ashton, you want to say something for the camera to give us a coup? Nah, he's busy. <laughs> you want to let the world know you're here? <laughs> there you go. There it is. Alright, Ashton, I hope you someday find this, uh, probably a little bit too much TMI for you, but hopefully someday <laughs> you'll find the value in knowing where you came from in the middle of a, a crazy time in a crazy world, and this will be a part of history forever for everybody. Yeah.